You are listening to the sermon podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Morning. Good to be with you guys today. You know, there's a part of my job that can be kind of hard sometimes, but there's parts of my job that are really a blessing, and this is one of the parts of my job. For the, over the last week, I got to spend time in this amazing story that we're going to take a look at today, and it was just what I needed, and maybe, maybe it's just what you need too. We are uh, in the season here at Triumph when we've been going through the good news of Jesus Christ as Mark told it to us. And we've seen a lot of amazing things, but we haven't seen all of them. So last last, uh, Sunday, we celebrated really the culmination, Easter, when Jesus rose from the dead. And for the next few weeks, we're going to go back and look at some of the, well, the things that didn't make the first run, but but we're going to take a look at four or five different episodes, things that Jesus did and things that Jesus said and, and, and believe that God wants us to, to not miss those as well. So today we're going to talk about demons. You're thinking, oh, oh, we are. Yes. T- today we're going to talk about demons. But we're going to talk about, the, about demons in the light of this. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And that is such incredible news for all of us. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And I think all of us appreciate the gift of forgiveness. But this morning, we're going to be reminded, and I needed to be reminded of this, hope it encourages you, that Jesus not only came to seek and to save the lost and save us from our sins, but he came to deliver us from evil. He came to deliver us from evil. And we're going to see a moment in, in uh, the, the, the life when Jesus was with us when this is uh, displayed in a profound and amazing way. You know, this, is a, this world in which we live in at times is breathtakingly beautiful. At other times, it's heartbreakingly broken. A few weeks ago, my wife Kathy and I got to experience the beautiful part. We were out seeing our kids again in California, and uh, we have to go out there once in a while um, to visit our kids and, and see them and our grandkids. And, and uh, while we were out there, Kathy and I slipped over and saw Yosemite. We had never seen Yosemite. Maybe you've seen Yosemite. But it was like, oh, there is a God in heaven, as, as we saw the beauty in Yosemite Park. Sometimes I think when my faith gets a little faltery, maybe I just need to get outside more and be reminded of the greatness of God. And you don't have to go to California to do that, right? I stepped out in the front yard um, yesterday morning, and I heard him. He was just making this huge racket. We have a very vocal and boisterous male cardinal that lives in our neighborhood. And I couldn't find him. I was looking for him. I couldn't find him, but I heard him. This is what he was saying. I am so sick of this snow in this winter. When is all this going to change? And I couldn't find him, but I thought, oh, thank you, God, for cardinals. He's amazing. It's a beautiful world, but I don't know where you were touched by the brokenness of the world this week. I was reminded of it 
on several occasions. I'm on the board of Valley Christian Counseling Center. So uh, we had our board meeting, and, and I'm so grateful for what God is doing through Valley. Um, we were, we're expanding uh, the, our, our, our facility to, to host more um, uh, counselors and caregivers because we need them. We uh, pray about every month when we meet that God would bring into our midst more counselors that, that have a worldview, a Christ-centered worldview that, that we can offer them hope and healing in Jesus because we need them. In fact, I asked our CEO, I, I said, Sarah, so like, um, do we ever, I, I know that people have to wait to get in because we only have so many counselors. Do we ever refer to others? She said, sure, but they have wait lists, wait lists too. She said, Jeff, we're in a mental health crisis in this community right now. Maybe some of you say, well, yeah, I mean, it's either touching me or, or someone I love. Talked to a school teacher lately. I talked to uh, uh, one this last week, and and uh, and after uh, following her love and following her passion and getting all the training, and she just doesn't know how much longer she can do this. This world is beautiful, but it's profoundly broken. And maybe there's been a, a episode in your personal life or in the life of someone you love that you're saying, "Wow, really? Is this the way that it has to be?" Well, I hope this morning as we're thinking about Jesus coming to seek and save the lost, Jesus coming to save us from our sins, and it might not make it any easier, but it might make it helpful to know there's a reason that there's, that there's something behind all this brokenness. And Jesus acknowledged it and he taught us to pray about it. Jesus taught us to pray not only forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not only lead us not into temptation. We all know where that goes, right? <laughs> he also taught us that we can pray, deliver us from evil. Jesus is very aware of the spiritual battle that's been going on since the fall. God created this world to be enjoyed he enjoys it. He wants us to enjoy it. We were created to enjoy it. And one day he's going to restore it and it's going to be back the way he intended it. But we don't have to go very far to know that this world has been marred. It's been wounded. In some places it's very broken. And there's a reason. Evil is a reality. And this morning we're going to see Jesus not lead his disciples away from a place where evil was very graphic and present. Like the Marines, he's not going to leave the danger. He's going to go right towards it. And they would see something, and by God's gift of his word, we're going to see something this morning that can be tremendously important and helpful, especially in the days in which we're living. As Jesus shows us that he is not only aware of, of what we're facing living in this broken world, but we can ask him to do something about it. It's helped me in my prayer life. Even in this last week, maybe you'll be encouraged too. So we're going to be taking a look at Mark chapter 5. Uh, going back to Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, reading in Jesus' name. I'm just going to give you a heads up. This is not a boring story, Okay. Let's go. They came to the other side of the sea, 
to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. Crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying uh, to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. Excuse me. (laughs) And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Jesus had uh, left the area where there was kind of their base camp on the north side of the Sea of Galilee in the area called Capernaum. That uh, was not a boring place to be either. I mean, this, this morning we're seeing a, a deliverance from, from demons that's happening in a graveyard with a guy who's crazy. Jesus also did this in church. <laughs> in the synagogue in Capernaum, there was a man who had come to church like we did. And yet he was tormented by the evil one. So Jesus set him free. And when that happened, his disciples says, whoa, who is this? Even the demons obey him. Jesus, um, basically Jewish, uh, kind of a culture that was, that was uh, shaped by, by the, the Jewish faith. And they're going to go across the lake to the southeast side to an area that was, that was not culturally Jewish. In fact, it was predominantly Gentile, okay? How do we know that this was predominantly Gentile? Well, we know from the history of who had settled here. There's an area called the the Decapolis. By the way, fun fact, among the 10 cities that comprise the the Decapolis is the city of Petra, 
which is in Jordan today, and it is amazing. Anyway, he's in this area, and we know that this is not predominantly Jewish because there's a herd of 2,000 pigs. Let's just say that there wasn't much of a market for pork up in Capernaum. But we're in Gentile country here, and there's a market for pork. In fact, this area had been had been uh, historically an area with pagan uh, worship. This was an area that had not necessarily been touched by the goodness of God through the, through the, through the Jewish faith. So why does Jesus want to go there? Why does Jesus want to go there? Oh, by the way, on the way there, the disciples had another one of those moments with Jesus like, what have we gotten ourselves into following this guy? Because there was a storm on the lake the Sea of Galilee is not a big lake. Uh, when I was out, Kathy and I were on it a few years ago, and it reminded me of Lake Mille Lacs in, in Minnesota. Kind of a big lake that's shallow, and when a storm comes, or like Sakakawea in North Dakota, it, a storm comes up in a hurry. They thought they were going to die. Jesus got up, and he yelled at the storm, and it stopped. And they said, like, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Pastor Jay and I were talking during intermission between the services. And we said, have you noticed that in the book of Mark, Mark loves to describe these crises that happen. And, and then Jesus does something amazing. And his disciples are scared out of their wits. <laughs> like, who is this? Who is this? This is a really important teachable moment. You see, if we are going to understand that when we commit our lives to God, that he not only forgives us of our sins and gives us a place in his family where the lost ones who are found, but he is able to deliver us from evil. We don't know this guy's backstory, do we? We know that, that, that in, in, in the course of his what was now an incredibly miserable life, that he had become that guy in the community. He was isolated. This is a, this is a typical thing that happens when the enemy um, is, is tormenting a person, pulling them out of community. He was not only isolated, but, but he was scary. Why did they try to chain him and shackle him? Well, you kind of figure out what kind of guy the community would want to chain and shackle. Why would he live amongst the tombs? That's kind of creepy, all right? But he was not only a threat to them, he was a threat to himself. Jesus said this. He said, in, 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 he, Jesus said that uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. We're in the presence of man who knew exactly what the evil one wanted to do with him and would love to do with us. Steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to change that. Peter later would write that, uh, that the enemy of our souls is like a roaring lion who is, who is uh, prowling about, seeking someone to devour well, this is what it looks like when he finds someone. Didn't you think it was interesting, however, that when Jesus stepped on shore, this man in the grip being tormented by the evil one didn't run from Jesus, but he came and he fell at Jesus' feet. 
behind all the dramatic um, pain and brokenness of this man's life, there was still the remnant of a human being who had been created in the image of God. And whether that part of him was drawn to Jesus or Jesus drew to him, it didn't matter. This guy, all that he did was came in, threw himself at Jesus' feet, which put him in a wonderful position for Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. This is a teachable moment about the nature of the enemy of our souls. This man who who had been tormented, Jesus called his tormentors out of the shadows into the light. What is your name? We are legion. It wasn't just one demon, it's a bunch of demons. A legion was technically, it was a unit of about 6,000 soldiers. Did this guy have 6,000 demons in him? Doesn't say, but the guy said, we are legion. Jesus wasn't afraid of them. He was used to this. His good friend Mary Magdalene. We don't know her backstory except there was a time when she was, she was tormented by seven demons and Jesus delivered her from evil. And she became one of his closest friends. Our past doesn't define Jesus' interest in us being a part of his family and a part of his movement. She became an integral part of the life of Jesus and the disciples in the early church. After Jesus not only forgave her sins, but delivered her from evil. This is beautiful. This is important. Jesus calls the demons into the light. And this is really important. How many of you guys like horror movies? Don't raise your hand. I hate them, and I'll be really judgy with you if you say, oh, I love horror movies. I don't know any good reason to watch a horror movie. Really, I don't. I don't know why, first of all, that you would want to be scared for fun. Maybe you like the adrenaline, I don't know. But I don't want to open my mind to all that dark, evil stuff. Frankly, I don't, okay? I don't. But this kind of seems like we're in a horror movie here. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's got superhuman strength. He's gashing himself with stones. He's crying out. Everybody's afraid of him. But why I don't mind this story is because Jesus is right in the middle of it. I am not afraid of the enemy of our souls. I am not afraid of the evil one. Unless I'm foolish enough to try to drift towards him away from Jesus. I have been baptized into Christ, into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is a name that the enemy of our souls is frightened of. Have you been baptized into Jesus? Do you take for granted what it means to be named with a name that is above all names? Maybe you needed to be reminded of who you are today. Maybe you've been flirting with the enemy. I mean, the enemy's busy all over the place. Breaks my heart when I'm in a family situation that has been been, uh, wounded by fentanyl. Or when someone's trauma comes to the service and we realize that the abuse isn't so much present, but it's part of the past. The enemy doesn't care. He's very patient. And how he torments us, right? 
How about you? Are there people that were once friends in your life and they're Christians, but right now you just don't get along because of issues in, 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 in these last couple of years have kind of divided you and polarized you? Who's behind dividing even the body of Christ? We have no idea how this guy got to where he was, but he was at the feet of Jesus, and that was a good place to be. Why? Because no matter how many, a legion of demons was scared to death of Jesus. Why have you come to torment us? Because he came to deliver this guy from evil. So, now we're at the pig part. <laughs> they say, cast us into those, don't, don't send us into the abyss. You know, their doom was sure and their doom was coming, but, but, but rather than cast into the abyss, send us into the pigs. So Jesus says, okay, go into the pigs. And the pigs go off the cliff and they drown, 2,000 of them. So um, that's about all we're going to say about the pigs, okay? Now, I know this is a really interesting part of the story, right? I meet with a bunch of guys, not a bunch, there's just a few of us. We meet around a little table at the church and we talk about the, the next Sunday sermon. And boy, I'll tell you what, when we got in this story, they wanted to talk about those pigs. Like, how could Jesus do this to the pigs? Or what about the pigs' owners? Well, you think that's the point of the story? No, Jesus did not come to seek and to save pigs. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus came to deliver this man from evil. And it was beautiful, and it was amazing, but it was uncomfortable for the community. Not just because of the pigs, but because they knew this guy before he encountered Jesus, and they saw this guy after he encountered Jesus, and something powerful had happened, because that's who Jesus is. Maybe you know somebody who is in a really kind of sad place, and you know that Jesus can set her free but she really doesn't want to go there. How can someone be more comfortable with familiar darkness than risk coming into the light of the one who can forgive our sins and deliver us from evil? That's the battle that is going on. The people in the community were afraid of what just happened. This means there's a, there's a big change that's going to happen. If, who is this guy? And frankly, there is a big change. He is powerful. He does have authority. But that is such good news because he is the one who has authority to say, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. He can do that. It's his authority behind this meal we're about to enjoy. He also has the authority to deliver us from evil. So this guy is standing there, sitting there. He's actually sitting in his right mind instead of, instead of pacing and raging. He's clothed. That's significant because Luke tells us that in, in, in just robbing this man of his dignity, he didn't wear clothes. Now he's wearing clothes. And he's in his right mind. He has peace. And he wants to go with Jesus. I don't blame him. But Jesus said, no, you're going to stay here. You go tell your friends what God has done for you. Not only does Jesus do some amazing things in our lives, but your testimony of what he has done for you is more significant than you know. 
Yes, there's a time to be nurtured by the fellowship of Jesus and his people. But there are people that, uh, like his friends, it says they marveled. They marveled when they heard what Jesus had done for him. So I don't know kind of where you're at in your life. We're going to wrap this up and, and celebrate again, be reminded of God's incredible, powerful love for us. He forgives us our sins. And you know what else? He delivers us from evil. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we're grateful that, as Paul wrote, that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, nor anything present nor anything to come, nor powers nor height, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you. We thank you for being joined to Jesus, not separate from him, but joined to Jesus and and that love and that forgiveness and that provision and that protection. Remind us this morning that, that there is hope. There is hope for there is one who can deliver us from evil. We pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We try and pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you, and it'll it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org slash events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and It's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless you.